When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For all NBA NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Matt. We're back. The vibes are not back, but we're back. Um, So we got an update. I don't know if it was yesterday or today about Steph and his timeline. Sorry, y'all, I'm eating the cookie. Um, it said that he was going to be re- reevaluated right after the All Star break, right, Justin? Yeah. Um, there still seems to be a lack of clarity around this injury. And I'm saying that not, like, for myself, but in terms of, like, what I still see people, like, saying on the timeline and talking about. But my understanding is for all intents and purposes, this is – and maybe it's not because I actually spoke to a friend who is an athletic trainer. So – or sports, you know, whatever. But she, like, works with athletes and, you know – and so she, like, when when it first came down, they said, like, oh, he tore this ligament, blah, 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 blah. That whole, like, complicated, you know, description they gave, I sent it to her. And she was, like, two to four weeks, you know, if they're on the conservative side, you know, like that. And I said, oh, okay. Which, to me, at the time, was, like, a relief. Also seems consistent with, like the doctors like the actual doctors not the fake twitter doctors but like the real ones who were like (laughs) this seems more like weeks than months and you know and then monty pool was also reporting that you know they're hoping he could be back shortly after all-star right so um I kind of like in my mind have had him like I just have him out till March (laughs) and then that's like nine games but you know, like three weeks would be seven games. Um, I don't know what that means or what he'll look like when he gets back, but that's kind of like what I've been thinking about. So some people were still like, oh, he's going to miss all this time. And, you know, I, I what I don't understand is because I'm told that it's basically a high ankle sprain. And I'm like, well, why don't they just call it a high ankle sprain? Like, why are they using, like, all these technical terms and making it sound so complicated? So maybe it isn't exactly a high ankle sprain, but um, I don't think he's going to be out, like, months and months. And people were just kind of thinking he was. So I just want to, like, clarify that. Like, I think, you know, in total, it'll be somewhere between, like, three and four weeks, probably. Ideally, assuming mm-hmm. his recovery is going well. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously was a little too optimistic when it first happened because 
you know, I've had similar things happen to me where it's just the knee, the knee itself is a very hard, uh, it's a bone. So when someone's knee is driving into soft tissue on your body, whether it be a thigh or a calf or, you know, that muscle that's around your tibialis or your tibialis is the muscle, but around your tibia and your fibula, fibula, it can, you know, bruise some stuff, like really mess up that, that area. He got hit in that spot twice, extremely hard. So I'm sure it just, you know, ruptured something or, you know, partial tears, whatever they, they categorize it as. But it just seems like it's one of those things like, all right, when it heals, we're good. Like swelling goes down, bruising goes away. We're good. It's not something that's going to be long term, like a like a non-contact injury where he completely tore some type of ligament or something like that. So, yeah, I was I wasn't expecting him to miss many much time at all. But I mean, now that the diagnosis came out, I don't think he'll I mean. Four games, five games after all stars, kind of like what I'm thinking um, best case scenario would be like update. He's actually way ahead of schedule and we, we only expect him to miss two more games. You know, that would be amazing, but he did come yeah, back one game just, earlier in his last injury. I gotta right. say it almost like rarely never happens. And then they did last time it was one game earlier than they had initially said. So, I mean, I think I think the state of the Warriors is what's going to, in a way, influence yeah. when Steph comes back, which is unfortunate. I mean, I don't think that they'd ever really put him at risk, so I don't think that. But, you know. It'll be a question of. Pain yeah, tolerance. It'll be, it's like a question. Right. Pain tolerance or a question of, like, we can afford to actually let you chill for a little bit longer. You know what I mean? Like, you're ready, but we can let you chill for a little bit longer. It's going to be that or. You're ready? All right, come on. Like, that type of thing. Yeah, Instead I mean, they, of, you know, they don't have don't the conservative here because of, like, right. the way this, this season has gone. And so, um, but it, and it also comes down to whether the players still believe, you know? Because um, once they stop believing, then, you know, um, and at least from everything we've read and understood to this point, they still believe that they can contend this year. You know, so, um, I mean, I saw you had a tweet kind of like going back to GP2, but I saw you had a tweet because um, I was like, look, at the end of the day, obviously it would have been great to have GP2 playing, but like they've, it's not changing much from that regard because <laughs> they've already been playing like without him and we, and, you know, my whole thing is, that the Warriors are not being outclassed by anybody, right? Like, right. so... Those close games. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, so, and I mean, a lot of it is execution. It really is just that. Like, it sounds so, so like, like, excuse but that's what it is, you know? They're, and they're doing that with, like, Wiggins not really playing well or consistent yet. You know, they're doing that with, like, other things happening. So, it's just, like if y'all could all just play like the way that we know you can, you know, they'd start winning games. So I just still feel like the, the bigger issue to address was still always the front court depth. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like, yes, obviously Gary would have been great to have now as an extra body, but 
I was just like, because I mean, we were texting. So me, you and Greg, so, you know, and I saw, remember, I was like, I hope that's not all they're doing. I mean, that was my initial mm-hmm. response. Cause it's like, I love GP too, but like, they still have like a serious need to fill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they still got to fill that need, but I mean, Jamichael is looking a little bit better. I still don't a hundred percent trust him, but this was one of his better games so far. Yeah. And I do think the addition of GP two is just going to make him even better. Um, just because it's just another guy that can kind of make up for whatever mistakes he, he has. And, you know, that's why it's so important that they get GP two healthy because it's like, well, you know, we need reinforcements, you know, in any kind of way that we can get it. Um, and Kurt obviously still doesn't fully trust Kaminga out there because, I mean, how much did he play in the second half? Did he play in the second half? But it's like at some point, like, you got to just fucking let him play. Like, he's going to be in the playoff rotation. So you got to let him fucking play. Like I said, bad Kurt game. He's had a few of those this season, more than more than a few, actually. Uh, I, I, don't, I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. And this type of game where he he's needed, right? Like you need athletes out there, right? You're forcing the Lakers into misses and, you know, you're boxing Anthony Davis out and he can't get to it. And Draymond's smacking the ball out because he's not going to just rip it in front of AD. And we don't have the athletes to track down the 50-50 ball. So the Lakers are getting them, kicking it back out three, kicking it back out, floater, layup, whatever. It's like you need athletes on the court, but you can't just go super duper small for extended periods of time and then just expect your your team to just luck into a win. Like, but it's like how fucking long are you gonna keep doing the same shit? It's not fucking working. Like I just I, this is the part that kills me. It's like fine, you've done it. It's not fucking working, yo. It's not working. It's not. This is when I get irritated with the curse shit. And I that's why I don't fucking like to hear people tell me about how fucking great he is. Because he's not. He's not fucking great. Because he literally would cause this team to like just struggle for no fucking reason except for his his stubbornness. Mm-hmm. And it's stupid. Yep. It's stupid. Yep. I mean, and in the process, he, he fucking break and ruin players, young players. I don't get it. I mean, he's not a good like young player coach. I don't think, but yeah, even like it just goes back to that to that point that we made about the team and everything not being aligned. Like last year, it just seemed like they were just so aligned from the jump. Even you saw it in preseason; they were just like on point. They didn't even lose a game in preseason. It looked like guys who were new additions to the team had been on the team for years already. Like everything was just in line. They just had injury injuries and then Steph had a slump in the middle of the season. That's why they didn't win 60 plus games, but they were already, they were ready to win 60 plus from the jump. And that was Kerr's best coaching season. I think, I mean, you can, you can argue 2015 his first year when they kind of took the league by storm. But since, since that year in the dynasty and obviously 2016 won 73 games, but, like that was his best coaching season, right? And it just seems like he just kind of took a step back. They played well. Well, I mean, look, Mike, Mike Brown. No, I think even right, right. His his staff was better, so I mean, that probably had a lot of t- lot to do with it. But 
their defensive schemes were just so creative and like they had so many different things they can go to. The mm-hmm. offensive process has always been, you know, it could have been, it could have been better. Like we always. Well, you lose my like, I think you're smart enough to, to replace him and you're not. That's really what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's you lose Mike Brown and you lose veterans and you lose, you know, guys. You know, it's it's Mike Brown, the player, the roster, and the the loss of Mike Brown. I think both attribute to the defense being what it's been this year. But you you haven't done enough, I think, to make up for that for that loss. Um, no, and you're fucking like horny for Anthony Lamb, which I don't understand. <laughs> like it just. I, Bro, you're never going to convince me this man is just more than a, a slightly above average. Like, I don't care what anyone tells me. Like, he's not no fucking great coach, um, you know? And um, he's a part of the problem. He's a part of the fucking problem. So, you know, I'm going to always root for the Warriors and be positive, but it's like, You know, (laughs) it's like everything is like stacked against them at this point. And I don't see anything changing. Um, So, you know, I I, I just don't know. And then like, it's been, I'm not, I'm I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say it's been like five different, five different phases throughout the season at this point. It feels like there's always something's always wrong with the team, but it's just been different. Like you said earlier, like in a, a few pods ago, like every 10 games is something, it's something new that's going on with the team, whether it's their roster's not deep enough. Coaching's been bad for the next 10 games. And then, you know, Clay couldn't hit a shot. and JP couldn't hit a shot for the next 10 games. Then Steph's hurt for the next 10 games. And then they can't close games for the next 10 games. It's like, it's always something popping up an issue if the issue was consistent throughout the entire year and it it would be much easier to say okay easy fix right here not easy fix but like we know what we need to fix it's like or damn, i got like five six like, things you know i need to fix right or if it was just like they like the same thing for the whole year you're just like okay like they're just not good you know they're just not whatever but it's like right it's something different so it's really hard to like assess and evaluate i mean look teams have changed in the West, right? And like those teams and the changes they made in itself don't like scare me. Like, I don't think that any, like, I think, you know, Dallas is going to score a lot of points, but I still don't think that they're like built to come out the West. And it's funny because I heard that like the Denver people are really like freaking out because you know of like what the Suns did and I'm laughing because I'm like oh they really thought like there was no threat to them you know it's like Denver you're not a real team like you can be schemed for so but I mean I get it you have like the best record in the west I guess you <laughs> think you're the best but it's just funny to me that they just thought like they had it and there was no threat to them um but the Suns you know there's a lot of like you know excitement for the Suns I get it um, but, you know, Aiden, CP3 is sort of washed. And, Jeez. like, but people, like, someone tried to call me. First of all, I always love 
again, I always love how the men, I say something and then a man says something right after me and they only come to me, you know? So I was talking about um, Phoenix, my brother from another. And I said, look, you know, they've, they've lost a lot of defense on the wings. And so we'll have to see, you know, what they look like. And then I think someone else came in and agreed with me. No, actually, I don't even think it was this. It was actually something else completely different. But um, we were talking about the legacy of Kevin Durant. And I basically said, you know, I mean, I guess because of the Warriors and having the rings, that's the team he's connected to. Because I was asked, like, what like, what does this mean for his legacy that he's going to his fourth team? And I'm just like, it's just sort of strange for a player of his stature and of his all-time greatness to, to bounce between four teams. And I don't really know, like, which one you affiliate him with. And I said, I guess by default it's going to be the Warriors because he won with them unless he goes on to win with the Suns. But some person was like, what is this girl talking about? Like, he's always going to be affiliated with OKC. Is he? They let other fucking people wear his number. Like, you know, and, you know, Kurt Heelan went on after me to say the same thing. It's just sort of like, I don't I don't know who he's affiliated with. I mean, he used different language, but he was basically saying the same thing. But with the someone did comment though. No, yeah, someone was like, "Do you guys watch basketball? Like, clearly you don't do research. Like, isn't Kevin Durant a wing?" So there, there was so you know. I'm just like, do you really expect Kevin mm. Durant to fucking play defense and 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 then still be an offensive weapon the way he is? And have you not watched KD in any yes. other past series? Like, what are we doing? But of course, you know, because I'm a woman who said it. But it's just like. <laughs> it, it, like, yo, they lost, like, all of their really good guys. Like, the people they have remaining are not going to cut it, you know? And, like, like Phoenix will be looking to fill those spots in some way or do something. So they don't even think it's enough, you know? So it's just like – and Chris Paul, like I said, he's washed. Like, he's washed. I don't – you know – like he's washed, he's not moved by them. And then you're gonna have Devin Booker coming off injury and KD coming off injury. Like, I'm just not moved by mm-hmm. the stuff, to be honest. Yeah, I mean they're not they're very beatable. That's the whole thing. Like as long as you're looking at other teams and you're saying, Okay, there is a path to beat this team. This team is like this team has very clear weaknesses, right? Every team has a different weakness, but like if you can see a very clear weakness on a the team, then it's like, all right. You know, get the rally the troops together, try to get everybody on the same accord, and then you can go after the team and you got to play seven times. And whoever the best team is wins. But it's not, no one's looking at the Suns like, fuck, like, how does anybody beat them? Right. Like, (laughs) I mean, you're, you're spot on. Like, they lost point of attack wing defense. Like, Devin Booker is a good, you know, above average defender. Kevin Durant this season has been a great defender by his standards. Right. But he's not a wing defender. He's a rim protector. He's like, you know, team defense, stuff like that. He's not Mikhail Bridges. Who's going to guard Steph Curry for the whole game and fight over all those screens and stuff like that. They don't have that guy anymore. Like the, the guys that they have to fill that role, um, you know, guys like Josh Akogi and like Landry Sham and stuff like that. These guys aren't stoppers. Like these guys aren't elite defenders. So you're trying to fill that void of Mikhail. Not yeah, the bench is full of a bunch of like 
decent veterans for the regular season that's going to help you win games because they know how to play basketball. But the playoffs are when guys like that get schemed out. Guys like that look invisible and guys like that turn into no help. Right. You need legitimate, like good NBA players with special skill sets that carry over into the playoffs. Um, and right now they have four on their roster. Right. Granted, those four, um, you know, two of them are Hall of Famers. One of them is a superstar, you know, and, you know, the other one is on his way to the Hall of Fame, most likely. And then you got DeAndre Aiden, who's a very good player. Right. But they still got weaknesses. Right? They still got weaknesses. CP, like you said, is the team that let the Mavs come in and sun them in the game seven. Right. Like CP3 is a mental midget. To the team, but like they all let that happen. It wasn't just like, you know, one play. I mean, like last year, last year they got sunned and Katie got swept. So, right. like, you know, they're not, they're not coming off the greatest performances themselves, like all as a team or individually. Um, you know, CP3 is a mental midget. Devin Booker is um is a very good player, but he's not that tier of player that really, really puts fear in your heart in a in a playoff series, right? KD falls in that tier. Steph falls in that tier. LeBron, you know, Giannis, these top tier guys. Devin Booker is very good, but he's not quite there. And KD is there, but again, he has his limitations as a player, just like any other player has. And DeAndre Aiden soft. So exactly. No one's, no one's, no one's scared of them. But at the same time, right? Exactly. And at the same time, you look at the Warriors and you're like, man, y'all got to get y'all shit together. If you're shitting together, then it don't matter how beatable those other teams are because y'all gonna beat yourselves, right? That's what they've been doing all season, beating themselves. So it's not like a, oh, the Warriors are gonna just sweep through everybody type of feeling. But it's like, yeah, nobody's scared of y'all. Like if the Warriors are on their game. They can beat any of y'all. Like, and I will probably pick them against any of y'all. And by so, the way, people might be thinking the same about the Warriors. I get it because of what they've shown. But at the end of the day, you still got to do it. You still mm-hmm. got to go and beat those guys four times, you know? Um, right. And, I mean, nobody's saying the Warriors are a juggernaut. Even last year, no one was saying the Warriors are a juggernaut. We were very confident in our team beating everybody that they were matched up against. But nobody thought, even the Warriors fans, nobody thought that we were unbeatable. Right. It's just the better team got to win. You know, at the end of the day, we haven't seen an unbeatable team, quote unquote, until like since KD was on the Warriors. Like at at that point, I was like gun to my head. Nobody's beating this team. Right. Unless injuries happen. And that's what happened. But there's no team in the NBA today that fits that bill. Any any team can be beat. Um, You just, you know, got to go out there and, and check rock and see and see who wins. So, I mean, look, let's just really quickly go through the scenarios because I I think the Warriors are going to keep Gary Payton the second. I feel pretty confident about that. So I think all that's going on right now is that they're like talking to the league to see what can be done in terms of like what the Blazers did. But I have a feeling that trade stays intact, right? So, but we seem to be getting mixed information about what his timeline could be. So, three months is concerning. And three months puts you, like, probably in the second round of the playoffs, to be honest. Um, yeah, probably conference finals, really. And and so, you know, when people are just like, well, at least we get him back to the playoffs, I'm like, 
that would basically mean he missed the whole season except for like 15, 20 games. And then you want to like throw him into the playoffs. Like I, that just doesn't seem practical to me. So I just don't know what help he's going to be this year. Um, I truly don't. Yeah. Huh? And, and so, you know, until something more definitive comes out about him and regardless to me at, at, the, at this point, because I actually didn't get to watch the game against the Blazers because I was away in Arizona, but it seems that the consensus from everyone was that he didn't look like himself, you know? And so like, there's going to be an element to him anyway of having to like get his conditioning and get back and all of that. So I just, I just, I just don't know how practical it is. So maybe we get him for the postseason. Who knows? But I'm at this point, I'm not even banking on him. So now we're back to the original squad <laughs> as is. Um, and it just, it just doesn't strike me. They And and by the way, they did try to, to trade Moody. I mean, he was out there, but apparently people thought like their asking price was too much. So fine. So Moody doesn't get traded. So um, they only have one roster spot. I'm not seeing where it looks like they're going to cut anyone. I don't think they're going to like get rid of Jamichael or like anyone else. Right. So they really only have no. one roster spot. So our hope is that Jamichael keeps playing well. And, mm-hmm. and also they need to get a front court player. So I know um, on the, well, not the last pod, but on the one you had with uh, Joe and Charlie, you guys went through a number of people, players who are potential. I, I don't think Kevin Love is going to actually be a potential buyout candidate, but, you know, if right. he is, then then great, right? So um, maybe, like, he has a relationship with Clay, but he may not. He might be looking at the Warriors like, mm, y'all are fugazi, so I don't want to come here, you know? So I don't know. But um, so I don't know if he's realistic. And so, but names that seem to be potential that are maybe a little bit more realistic are like Deadman, Thaddeus Young, a um, couple of others um, that it's escaping me right now. So who do you I've think? I've heard Surge. Huh? I've heard, I've heard Surge. Yeah, but I'm not moved by Surge. I think that's why I always just forget him. But I don't know. Like, do you think Surge has anything left? I'm not sure. Um, last time he played, I mean, I, you can look up his stats, but last time he played, I, I'm pretty sure he could still shoot. Um, he's played in 16 games this year. He's shooting 33%. So I guess he kind of can't really shoot. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It's not a lot of tape out there on him. Like he played 16 games so far this year. He played 54 games last year. Um, I think he looked okay last year, but they really, they really just need a player that makes Nolan, the defense. Nerlens, yeah, yeah. Nerlens will be good. Nerlens is a really good defender. Um, you know, he's athletic. It's just more so a thought of like, will he be able to catch onto the Warriors like system quick enough, right? Because it's not something that you can just walk into and and you know play if you haven't played that way before. Like guys like 
Belly and Otto had already played in similar systems before, so they so they could pick it up easy. But Nerlens, I don't know. Um, and it's really going to yeah, be an option, right? I don't know. And Darius just... same thing. I don't I, like. I've heard his name, but I don't know that he's actually going to be an option. Exactly, Dario would be a nice pickup too. But you just really you need a player who makes the defense think twice about completely sagging into the paint, um, because that's just going to open things up. And when you get a role player, especially in the playoffs, the threat, like the threat of your shooting or the threat of your lob finishing is more valuable than actually hitting the shot. Because um, a guy like Jamichael can go out there and hit a few threes, but if they're going to completely sag off of them, you know, for the whole game, then what value is he really adding other than those potential six points that he's giving you a game, right? It's not making a defense thing twice, and he's not going to go out there and hit six threes. You know, right. but a guy like Otto last year, you you have the thought like, damn, if we leave him open, he can hit five threes on us. So we gotta we gotta react to him being on the perimeter, and that opens up everything else, like cutting lanes um, for GP two and Kaminga and driving lanes for Steph and JP and stuff like that. So they gotta, I think they gotta get a guy who really makes the defense think twice. Dario would fall into that, um, you know, career thirty six percent shooter on about moderate volume, but I think he's recognized across the league as someone who can actually hit an open three, you know, and Nerlens in a different way would be recognized, I guess, as someone who could finish in the paint. So um, that vertical space in that, that term that's been thrown around a lot, he would be able to provide some of that. So, yeah, I think that's what they got to look for. Obviously Kevin Love would be amazing, but I don't, like you said, I don't think he will be bought out. There's been no indication that he would be other than that he's out of the Cavs rotation and surge, Surge on paper sounds okay, um, but I just don't think the numbers reflect someone who would provide that that appropriate fear as a in that position that he would be asked to play. He would just be kind of like another Jamichael. Well, why why is OKC want to hold on to him? Dario. OKC want to hold on to Dario. Dario. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe they just like his game. You know, they just let Muscala go. So maybe they're just like, okay, you're just going to replace Muscala um, for now. They like to hold on to stuff and then, you know, make trades in the off season and stuff like that. I think they did that to Al Horford, if I'm not mistaken. They just held on to him and then dealt them, dealt them in the off season for some picks. They're just going to, you know, they like to hoard picks and stuff, so. Well, we'll okay, see. see. That's I mean, I just pray someone hits the buyout market who was unexpected. Right. I'm tired of hearing about all these guards hitting the buyout market. Like, let's get some let's get some bigs out there, some big forwards. Thaddeus Young, um I feel like he'll be a decent Warriors player, but he just cannot shoot. Like <laughs> He just cannot shoot. Not reliable enough of a shooter. Doesn't shoot any. Doesn't shoot with any volume, either. Um, so I'm I'm kind of good off that young. But the other ones, I think Dario will be at the top of my list if he gets bought out. Well, time will tell. I mean, my guess is the reason they haven't signed 
lamb is because they are not going to do it until they absolutely have to. Um, with the hope that there is someone on the buyout market, right? And the GP2 thing, I, my hope is that the GP2 situation has made them, because if they were even thinking maybe we don't need it, they're going to be like, okay, we really need to try to get someone on the buyout market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> aside, aside from that, the Mavs and the Kings are in OT right now. Dog fight. I'm not sure who I want to lose this game. They both had 31 wins, but the Kings yeah. have two less losses. Well, if the Kings stay at three and we end up at six, I guess you know we want the Kings to keep three. So <laughs> that's true. We want the yeah, we want the Kings to keep three. That's right. You are correct. So correct. yeah, so I mean they played last night, so back to back, it was going to be tough. Yeah, I mean they're up to a minute left in OT. Um, Greg, Greg took the Mavs <laughs> as a bet. So, uh, sorry, Greg, but I think we want the Kings to win this one. <laughs> I don't know what y'all be betting. It makes me nervous. <laughs> I haven't bet in a while, so maybe I should bet on the Warriors again. That'll that'll help us out. <laughs> All right, y'all. That's all we got for you. Um, We'll be back again on what day is it? Monday, Tuesday, whenever they play again? Washington? Yeah. Whatever day. One of those days. They they play Monday. Okay. So we'll be back for that game. Well, it's a back-to-back, though, right? It's Washington and Clippers. So maybe we won't be back Monday. Maybe we'll, we'll we'll have to figure it out, but you'll hear from us soon. Um, it's just one of those nights. I can't get the vibes up, but we haven't given up on the team. Just know that. We haven't given up, but right. we're just a little right. exhausted. They just don't deserve peak vibes right now. <laughs> You're getting straight, straight recap, straight analysis, no extra vibes right now. So you gotta get it together. All right. So you're tuned in to Golden Spaces and Odyssey Original Podcasts. Um, thank you so far, though. We really appreciate all of you. The podcast has been doing well, and we want to keep climbing. So please continue to download, share with people you know, um, speak of it, word of mouth, follow leave us a rating write a review all those things they really help you know a lot of you guys send us messages on twitter um i ask like just copy and paste that message into review you don't even need to write something different but it all really helps so thank you for the support and uh we will be back take care until next time y'all